is Wednesday, November 18th. It's the Fantasy Finish Line Podcast, Week 11 Preview. We're going to fill in the blanks. I guess you're supposed to cheer this before, before you're drinking, right? I'll do it before and after. <laughs> That's quite all right with you. a rocket start to the evening. Indeed. Okay, well, welcome to the Fantasy Finish Line podcast on the Drink 5 Podcast Network. I am Jason Evans, joined as always by Dave Biggs. Hello. Dave, it's good to be joined by you once again for our umpteenth podcast. It's getting a little weird. We are... (laughs) (laughs) It never stopped. Um, We are currently drinking a few beers tonight. Uh, I think we might have had this one last week. Mm. The Saga Tuck Cotton Mouth Crusher, the Raspberry Sour Ale. It is fucking delicious, and this is the last one of the four-pack that we bought, so I'm going to have to enjoy it tonight. I I almost refilled it all, but I believe it's on you to finish up. We're going to keep all this really close to the electronics tonight and live on the edge. And then later on, we're going to crack open that crawler over there. What is that crawler we got over there, Dave? You're the one with the long arms. Alrighty then. Uh, this is a Sonic uh, double IPA from So Hopped in Huntley, Illinois. Sonic the Hop Hog? That's right. It's pretty cool. Uh, this is a... a oh God, I, I don't know the entire story, right? Uh, and hello, Glenn, in the chat room. Actually, uh, Glenn went with, with me uh, and Jessica a, a couple of weeks ago, I think, to So Hopped. And this facility that used to man- manufacture sewing machines, is that exactly what it was? Yeah, yeah so they, they still, still do. They manufacture sewing machines and beer... Which is great, good combination, right? Uh, and we had some of this uh, Sonic Hopped Double IPA, and we will shortly have some of it as well, and let you guys know what how we like it. But I think uh, what's currently in my glass is just uh, an all-day IPA, um, which is good for any time. So, yeah. Oh, please ignore the uh, logo on my shirt. I did not mean to wear this shirt during the show. <laughs> You know, if you say please ignore the logo, and and we are on YouTube, and then I draw attention to it, listening to us on a podcast, uh, of course they're going to look right at the logo. So. Yeah, you're going to have to edit that out in post. <laughs> it's not possible on a live stream, you know. <laughs> we'll have to do something. It would be fun to do a, a live stream that was actually recorded where we had to pretend like we were live streaming. Let's do it sometime. This is getting maybe cool. we're doing it right now, and they don't know it. They have no idea. Yeah, I just assumed that someone named Glenn would be in the chat room. We're just yeah predicting the future. <laughs> uh, but we we like to uh, get this all the way out there on all the social channels. So uh, I'm going to uh, do a little bit of tweeting and stuff during the show. That's uh, I N apostrophe without a G. Uh, it's how you uh, tweet from places south. That's how the kids do the tweet of the Mason Dixon line. Sure. Yeah. So. Please, if you are listening to the show uh, after the fact, uh, go to YouTube and follow us on our YouTube channel. Subscribe, as you will. Uh, Follow us on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram. Do all the social things so that you can uh, be up to date whenever we want to throw something out there. Yeah, so what's in store for today? So tonight we're going to talk about sort of fill-ins for the rest of the season. So we've gone through 10 weeks of the football season, the NFL season that is. And uh, if your team resembles the one that you did draft, then you're a very lucky person because nobody's team really resembles the one that they drafted. Maybe in a few aspects, but for the most part, uh, things have changed drastically on everybody's team. Uh, and if you've kept up with it, then you're probably doing well in your league. And if you haven't kept up with it, then you're 2-8 and eight 
and uh, you're probably not listening to podcasts in week 11. So we're going to talk to the people who are winners because they're the only ones who keep listening to podcasts. Anyways, what we're going to go over is uh, some players who... Season's not over yet, man. Although uh, if, if season's you're, over for some people. Well, if, if you're two and eight, the season's over. If you're two and eight, then you're done. Yeah. You could still be listening to podcasts. You're just not going to be in the playoffs. Sure. And we thank you for <laughs> listening, and we want you to contribute. And maybe uh, you just want to play spoiler for people, and we would love to help you out unless you're playing me. Yeah. One of these times, we, we have to do a, a podcast about uh, just commissioners in general and some of the cool ideas that i've seen around the internet on how to make things interesting even when people are eliminated um yeah. because there are cool things i've seen and i won't get into them but but just to just to say if if someone is playing just spoiler, to say there are cool things out there there's cool stuff man yeah <laughs> stay tuned folks <laughs> that's right we're going to talk about cool things down the line <laughs> tonight we're going to talk about boring players no uh, we're going to look at several players. Uh, they're being moved up the depth chart because of injuries ahead of them, because of inactive, or not inactive, but ineffective uh, and probably now inactive players uh, ahead of them, uh, people who are going to be out for at least several weeks. So these are going to be all players who are moving up into uh, newer starting roles over the last couple weeks. Did or you say ineffective? Ineffective. Oh, ineffective. Okay. There are plenty of infective players out there I, I thought this he was, year. I thought he was COVIDing. Uh... <laughs> Got it, got it. Ineffective. I don't mean to corona all over the place. <laughs> so, uh, first on our list, I think we should just dive into football things before we really get uh, off track. We are going to look at David Johnson. So, David Johnson, the running back for Houston. Uh, he was... Duke Johnson. See, this is the problem here. We've got Duke Johnson and David Johnson. David <laughs> Johnson was put on the IR before last week's game, paving the way for Duke Johnson... No relation. So I'm just going to go Duke and David here. Uh, and that won't confuse me at all because there's a David next to me. Yeah. Everything will be fine. So unfortunately for Duke, um, <laughs> last week, the Texans could only muster up seven points. Uh, and he didn't do a whole lot with his 14 carries. Uh, going forward over the next couple of weeks, I expect his usage to remain consistent, though, uh, in the 15 to 20 touches per week range. Uh, that's carries plus receptions, of course, not just targets. So this season, he's only averaging 3.1 yards per carry, down from 4.9 last year. Uh, his career average is 4.3. So uh, really, you're seeing a, a Duke Johnson that is in kind of a shadow of himself. However, he is thrust into a role where he's going to get a lot of usage, and that's what we always want to see from running backs is, you know, how much are you being used? That is the most important thing. As long as you're getting usage, then there is going to be some sort of value there for you. Um so David Johnson was only averaging four yards per carry this season. So it's not like he was doing a ton for the Texans. So while David is out, Duke's real uh, competition for carries is going to come from Deshaun Watson. Watson has 25 carries over the last three weeks. Perhaps if uh, you're in a situation where you can pick Deshaun Watson uh, over someone else, he is probably trending up a little bit in terms of uh, usage because he's getting so many runs right now. And that's just going to translate into some yardage, possibly some uh, rushing touchdowns. So getting Duke into the lineup over the next week against the Patriots, not a bad idea. The Patriots aren't the greatest against uh, run defense. They're kind of in the middle of the pack. But in two weeks, week 12, they will be playing the Lions. The Lions are the worst against the running back in fantasy, giving up the most points to opposing running backs. Uh, and then after that, they play Indianapolis twice. They play Chicago. It is absolute garbage matchups for the Texans there. So you're going to want to look elsewhere until maybe week 16. So if your league locks down the trade deadline uh, after week 12, then 
try to unload Duke Johnson, especially if he has a good game against Detroit, because there is no reason that you're going to want to start him uh, for two games against the Colts and one game against the Bears. That is a three-week stretch in a very important part of the fantasy season that you're going to want no part of. So, Dave, do you like Duke Johnson? Do you think he's any good? Is he just a warm body to add to your lineup? He's been around for a while, and he's he's a, a fine fantasy football player uh, when he's utilized in the way that he should be. Unfortunately for both David Johnson and Duke Johnson, in that Houston offense right now, uh, it, it seems to me like it's very dependent on the success of Deshaun Watson and the passing game. It's like the opposite of a normal team, right? If the yeah. passing game is good in Houston, then generally they're running the ball too. But uh, otherwise, the rushing game seems to be almost non-existent until Deshaun Watson can get going. And since that team is in the middle of some disarray owing to the departure of the coach uh, and other uh, elements of, of the Houston Texans franchise, uh, it, it seems to me that Duke Johnson, who has not uh, scored over 6.7 fantasy points except for one week versus Jacksonville, is probably not a guy that you're going to want to play uh, on the regular, if at all. So, unfortunately, yep. in this case, um, you know, I don't think so. Okay, uh, so we do have a question uh, regarding Duke Johnson from the chat room. Uh, Mr. MathQuest, uh, thanks for joining us again this week, buddy. Uh, he wants to know, should he start Damian Harris or Duke Johnson this week in a half-point PPR format? Um, buddy, I, this is an easy one for me. You start Damian Harris. He has been looking really good lately. The Houston Texans are giving up the second most points to opposing running backs. And as Dave said, I, I kind of agree with most of, uh, uh, with really everything that you said about Duke Johnson. He is not a great player this year. He's getting a lot of opportunity uh, and that isn't translating uh, into points yet. We'll see how the uh, opportunity translates soon. If you have a desperation to start in week 12 against the lions, go ahead and start him. Aside from that, I I'm not uh, too high on Duke Johnson. Uh, I do like Damian Harris though. I thought he looked really good last week uh, in, a, in a tough game where they really needed a run game to work well. So uh, I'm all for Damian Harris in this. You know, it's fun because they, they play each other. And uh, Duke Johnson has had a lot of volume, as Jason said, but not really done a whole lot with it. Um, and Damian Harris had a little injury scare uh, the previous week. There's a lot of running backs out there that, that vulture the, the value from Damian Harris, like Rex Burkhead, who I believe scored one or two touchdowns last week. And it wasn't Harris. It's not going to be Harris, usually, who scores those touchdowns. Uh, the Patriots are scary in that rotation. Uh, I currently have Duke Johnson at number 15 and Harris at number 19, and that's mainly because of the volume and the matchup. Uh, but there's still time for, for these rankings to change, and I think that I'm going to end up putting Harris above Johnson simply because of uh, the historical figures that Harris has been able to put up as far as fantasy points uh, and Johnson has been able to put up. I wouldn't be surprised to see Johnson rush 18 times for 60 yards and no touchdowns. And that's simply... Yeah, with like three catches for 20 yards at best. It's it's going to be the same or less than Harris. Uh, so so that's what I would say. Yeah, but, really, Duke Johnson's mid middle to close to ceiling is Damian Harris's floor. But both those guys are in the top 20 running backs for me uh, this week. So that just lets you know... That just lets you know that there are a lot of uh, running backs out there that are injured, or there's a lot of running back by committees, etc. It's difficult right now to uh, to find those guys that you want to play, and that's why those questions are coming up. Um, always at this part of the season, there are less and less guys available that are going to be 
that that every single game start for you. Yep. So uh, I think we are definitely in uh, agreement that Damian Harris is the guy to go with there. Um, so I, I think that's it about Duke Johnson. Do you have any other notes on Duke Johnson? I, I think that we can kind of uh, um, leave him aside where we don't need to worry about him. I like his start against the Lions, perhaps. Aside from that, you don't need to worry about forcing him into your lineup. Okay, Giovanni Bernard. Uh, here is a guy that we have mentioned for years and years. He's always been a, a fun person to talk about. Uh, sometimes plays the, the bit role of a pirate uh, in, in some of our uh, online skits uh, that hopefully you guys will never see. Uh, <laughs> and Or I should say offline. And, uh, and let's talk about Giovanni Bernard. He's in the news because of Joe Mixon, who's now missed three straight games with his foot injury. He suffered that against the Colts back in week six. And each week we get the standard Mixon didn't practice blurb from all the Bengals beat reporters. Zach Taylor has been cautious in general about injuries on the team, bringing people like A.J. Green and Geno Atkins back up to speed slowly and easing them back into the lineups. And I expect more of the same here. As of today, Mixon is not practicing or even out on the rehab field. Now, that does make me wonder, Jason, is Mixon headed for the IR? Because the Bengals are way out of the playoff picture. They just signed him to a large extension. So why would they, you know, why would they mess around with, uh, with a guy who's maybe not back 100%? And it's fine for Dynasty squads to have uh, a Mixon, which might come back 100% next year, but not so great for your redraft league, where you most likely select Mixon as a top 10 running back. I feel like I'm being targeted here. No, it's just <laughs> collateral damage if, if you have Mixon on your squad, right? Yeah, now. it was a rough time trading for Joe Mixon at the wrong time this year, but uh, why isn't he on IR? I think that um, they assume that it would be a short-term injury, and they don't think it's going to be three weeks, so that's why they're not putting him on there. Yep, and uh, Giovanni Bernard has been the 10th highest scoring running back in half PPR from week 7 to 10, meanwhile. And that's not, or sorry, is including the Bengals' week 9 bye week, which means that he should probably be artificially even higher than that. I didn't do the math, didn't have enough time today, but you guys can, <laughs> you guys can figure it out. It means he's probably like a number 5 or 6 in the top 10 over the last couple of weeks. Sure, that uh, offense rolls for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Washington is middle of the road against running backs, but Bernard is a multifaceted threat uh, on a team that is going to dump off to him more than normal. So he can be started with confidence this week. The issues to worry about are Mixon coming back uh, this week or even soon, which is unlikely according to my Magic 8 ball. Yeah, I don't think that this week is going to happen. And also uh, running back Travion Williams uh, capturing some of Bernard's work possibly. Williams was able to turn five rushes into 22 yards against the Steelers, and he looked pretty sharp. Uh, he should have looked sharp and fresh. That's good against the Steelers. <laughs> those, those are the first five carries he's ever had in the NFL. Uh, so it, it makes sense that he would be fresh. Oh, you mean the other guy? Travion. Travion. No. I Ber thought you said Bernard. Bernard was, has been great. Right. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, he's, he's averaged like 20 fantasy points per game, uh, basically, in the weeks that he's been in. And so I say... That's our pirate hero, buddy. If you're the Bengals, you know, why... Why would you turn that back around in a losing season? So what are your thoughts? Could could Mixon plausibly uh, be lost for the rest of the season and putting Bernard into that every week starter role? Plausibly, sure. They're a team that doesn't have a lot going for them. They're not going to make the playoffs. Um, they, they probably would like to have a decent draft pick. I think that you'll see Mixon go to the IR if they plan on not starting him for the rest of the year, though. Yeah. So right now, it seems like the plan is for them to try and win more games. And that's what you should do because... That's what the players want to do. That's what the coaches want to do. That's how they get better. 
So they should still be trying to win games and not just tanking for a better draft pick. You know, that being said, you don't want to burn out Joe Mixon and rush him back from injury in a season that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So with him not being on IR, I got to assume that they, they think he's really close to coming back. They're going to play him more this year as of now, as of Wednesday the 18th. And, uh, and going along those lines, Bernard seems like a sell-high situation to me because there is a possibility of him uh, going back into a backup role or at the very least uh, you know, a lot less volume on a game-to-game basis, and uh, especially in Dynasty. But if you don't have much depth at running back, he could be what you need to creep up into the playoffs since right now he's playing at a level of a running back one. So how much would you give up just uh, spitballing or expect in return for Giovanni Bernard in a redraft league? I would give up ever calling him Giovanni Bernard you can't, can't if I could up. get him on my team. <laughs> that's worth a lot. I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I would be willing to pay a decent amount for him. You know, I, I don't think that I would uh, – I don't like buying high. As we all know, you well, shouldn't go to the grocery store well, high. selling high. You shouldn't buy high either, but selling high works. But what, what, what kind of person would you expect from a guy who – is is literally scoring twenty points per game in uh, in PPR leagues. I mean, I would expect to get a you know WR two or a QB one uh, back in return. Okay. Obviously, you're not going to be looking for a running back because you're getting rid of one. Yeah. Now, uh, the only <laughs> you know the only thing to worry about is as you said, you got to worry about Joe Mixon coming back. I, I doubt that the first week Mixon comes back, he'll be taking all the work away from Bernard, but. It would probably only take one week for that to transition. Okay, fair. Let's talk about Suvan. Uh, so we've got Suvan Ahmed. Sorry, Suvan Ahmed. Let's see if we get that right here. Yes, that's right. Let's see if we can uh, get that right. Uh, Suvan Ahmed. Okay, thank you, Mr. Ahmed. Sounds right. So he has only appeared in two NFL games in his career. Last week and week nine against Arizona. Last week he saw an awesome 21 carries. He put it, uh, turned it into 85 yards. He scored a touchdown. He is on top of a depth chart that features an injured Matt Breda, a useless DeAndre Washington, Patrick Laird, who hasn't even been on 20% of Miami snaps in a single game all season. So Jordan Howard has just been cut on that team. So Savan Ahmed is the second undrafted free agent in Florida to be given a top spot in the backfield. Who's the other guy, Dave? Who's the other undrafted free agent who is a top running back in Florida? Uh, Arian Foster. James Robinson. Oh, James Robinson. That's right. Oh, Jacksonville. I thought you were talking about in, in historical. Oh, well, you know, the state of Florida this year. Fine. James Robinson. So a, lo- <laughs> a lot of UDFAs, uh in uh, in Florida. That's right. Yeah. So I assume, I, I, I assume that Ahmed is going to be featured heavily in most games right now. Uh, he is on a team that wants to run the ball a lot because they have a rookie quarterback. Tua is not going to be running the ball a ton right now. or I'm sorry, throwing the ball a ton right now. So they got to lean on the running game. At some point, he may need to fight Miles Gaskin for carries if Matt, you know, Gaskin's still on the IR. You mean and, like actually fight him? Like can we televise this and bet on it? Oh, like uh, who's the coach for the Giants? Joe <laughs> Ahmed Judge. versus Gaskin. Joe Judge and the offensive line and the offensive coordinator got into a fight today apparently. Well, like a fist fight and then the offensive coordinator got immediately fired. See, they need to capitalize on this stuff a little bit more. The, the lesson here is if you punch your boss in the face, you will be fired. I, I think that, you know, <laughs> that's something that everyone should learn. And maybe you don't have to learn it firsthand. Anyways, Miles Gaskin, I believe, was put on the IR last before last week's game. So he's got at least a couple more weeks before he can return. Um, 
there is a three-week window for the IR this year. It used to be six or eight weeks or something like that. I haven't seen many guys return right away after those three weeks. I think a lot of times they're taking four or five weeks, and then they activate the 21-day window where they can bring them back. Uh, there's also Matt Breda on the team. Um, if Matt Breda ever finds a way back in the lineup, he's kind of in the Joe Mixon purgatory where they didn't put him on IR, but he is injured and he's not playing right now. So let's just say that Matt Breda is stuck in purgatory in Miami, which doesn't sound like a very fun place to be. It's probably really sweaty, too humid all the time. So until all of this kind of shakes itself out, you've got Ahmed as the first option, really the only option in the running game for Miami. I think that he's going to retain that spot with another strong performance this week. He's going to play Denver. Last week, Denver gave up 20-plus points to two different running backs, Josh Jacobs and, um, uh, oh, I can't think of the backup. In, uh, but the, the backup quarterback or running back got 20 points last week. So that's uh, a really good spot for him right now. I think that uh, Savan Ahmed uh, is going to be really good. Did you watch him last week? Did you catch any of that game? Did you see him run at all? I haven't seen any highlights from him. Yeah, he looked great. But what's so weird about uh, players that you haven't really seen on tape uh, in the past, uh, especially on a team with with uh, with Tua um, and a whole offense that is working on gears that we're not familiar with, is I don't know how to take in that footage right now. And I think that could be part of the reason why he was so good is because who's ever seen this guy run? <laughs> sure. But, but you get I, that I, like, uh, sort of um, un, unseen bonus but he looked like he got a couple extra yards all the time and that's kind of what you're looking for in a in a back um but we'll see he needs to to do that a couple times in a row right it needs to be a trend otherwise it was uh uh joining the pantheon of of so many different uh undrafted free agent running backs or even drafted running backs who start for a couple games and then never start again or end up as career backups um this is gambling, right? You're rolling You're rolling the dice. The dice are not loaded, uh, but we do the best we can. And he looks to me like uh, the, a guy that could be um, the, the running back there for a little while. Yep. Um, so the, uh, the guy that I was missing is Devontae Booker on the Raiders. Mm. Just to fill in the blanks there. Um, so with Ahmed, um, is there anyone else on the team that you think – like once they're healthy, will take his place. Like, do you have a lot of faith in Matt Breida? Do you think that Miles Gaskin is going to be able to take his place? Well, we've or... had we've had uh, shows in the past where, uh, for example, one guy I was talking about was Miles Gaskin, who was trending up over time. Yeah. I actually really like Gaskin, but I don't think that Gaskin is a uh, three down back over the course of seasons. Uh, he just was my pick to do well for a while, and he did. Unfortunately, getting injured is not the same as performing poorly, right? Uh, so he, he did what he was supposed to do. And I think that uh, Ahmed has a chance to take over the mantle there. Because didn't they just uh, they just released uh, or waived Jordan Howard? That's right. And no more Jordan Howard. And so you wouldn't do that on a team where you didn't think you had guys in place. Right. So as far as the depth chart there goes, it's, you know, it's going to be Ahmed and then it's going to be Gaskin. Uh, and, and that's about all you're going to get right now. And, and Gaskin's not even healthy at the moment. So I don't even know who they have, like, as a number two. Uh, they have DeAndre Washington and Patrick Laird, and none of those guys are getting any touches. So, you know, that's uh, Mr. Salvan, Savan Ahmed. We'll get it right probably in two weeks. Suvan Ahmed. Suvan Ahmed. Uh, let's talk about Michael Pittman. 
uh, Indianapolis wide receiver. So who's the wide receiver one on the Colts? Because you think it would be T.Y. Hilton, who has been for the last couple of years. And that's what his grandma thought, too, before the season started. Yeah, but, but his grandma has a keen eye for football, and she knows he's no longer the number one. Well, <laughs> there was a lot of squabbling. Uh, we should get her on the podcast. I bet she knows her shit. That, <laughs> that's an idea. She called him out when he wasn't playing well. She knows the, the difference. I'm not sure I want to get on T.Y.'s bad side, but I don't know which side that is. Right but now, if if we get on his grandma's good side, then he can't be too mad at us. All right. It, point is, it looks like second-round rookie Michael Pittman is making a good case for this job. Last week, he caught seven of eight targets for 101 yards and rushed once for 21. Meanwhile, Hilton has yet to break 70 yards or score a touchdown in any game so far this year. Yikes. After being drafted this year, experts, including myself, had Pittman behind both Hilton and uh, and 2019 second-rounder Paris Campbell, who injured his PCL in Week 2 and might be back later this season but has yet to practice. Since Hilton has underperformed and Campbell has been unavailable, I think it's a uh, fair time to call Pittman a surprise wide receiver one who should enjoy the lion's share of targets going forward. And you don't get to find these kinds of things very often, so pay attention. Uh, I, I, I think it's... I don't see Zach Pascal as competition here. Uh, in The only 40% owned in Flea Flicker League's Pittman is a steal right now that could help you win the championship. So when we're talking about a player who's just starting to trend up, Pittman performed well, then was injured, then came back, then there were injuries uh, uh, to the team and, and, and movement on the depth chart. T.Y. Hilton has successfully uh, been unsuccessful uh, from Pittman's perspective for <laughs> for quite a while now, leading all of these things leading to uh, Pittman uh, really connecting, having strong chemistry with Philip Rivers, and I think becoming the wide receiver one on that team going forward. But this is the point where you catch them before everyone else gets them. 40% owned means 60% available. Do you believe in Philip Rivers and the Colts' ability to make Pittman a viable starter in fantasy, Jason? Um, I do, in fact. I think that Philip Rivers... Uh, of any of the veteran quarterbacks is going to be good at zeroing in on a guy that he likes. So as long as um, this guy isn't getting blanket coverage, isn't getting double coverage, but and he's a rookie. He's and, not likely to draw that kind of coverage. And T.Y. is still out there. Exactly. T.Y. is going to take some of that pressure off of him. I think that Pittman is going to be the guy that's available. The one thing I wonder is, are, are the running backs going to just take a lot of the uh, work away from the in the passing game? Well, we'll probably talk about that a little bit uh, later as well because some of those guys might be on the on the cut list. But uh, I think that there's certainly room in that offense with Rivers and that passing offense to be able to have eight uh, to ten targets a game for a guy like Pitt. Yeah. So we did have a question regarding that offense in the chat room. Uh, Troy wants to know if he should start uh, Savan Ahmed or Naheem Hines. And I'm gonna just go ahead and call it a double uh, half point PPR league. Because I happen to know some of the leagues that Troy is in. So, um, the Miami Dolphins are playing the Broncos. And do you happen to have the schedule up? Is that what you're pulling up there? No. Uh, Colts are, are versus Green Bay. And uh, Ahmed and the Dolphins are at Denver. And oh I, boy, that's a great matchup against Green Bay. I happen, to, I happen to like both of those guys, but I have Hines currently ranked at 27 and Ahmed at 30. Again, rankings will change as the week goes on. Uh, however, I would prefer 
I would prefer Ahmed at this point, I think. Uh, that's probably the direction it's going to go based on volume, because if you look at Heinz, Heinz has only done well sporadically. And there's no reason for me to believe that Heinz is suddenly a three-down back for the Colts. And the Colts are still a bit of a sporadic team. They're going to be playing a very good team this week. You've got Miami, who is just playing very well right now, um, on a bit of a tear. I don't even think Tua has lost a game yet. So I, I, I agree with you. I would start uh, Savan Ahmed just a little bit above Naheem Hines right now. Great. Um, and do you see a route to Pittman being a WR3 at least on teams going forward with the depth chart sitting where it is? Because I think he is startable unless you have complete studs at your wide receiver positions every week going forward. I concur. Uh, I, I like him, uh, especially when you look at certain matchups. I maybe wouldn't start him against the worst matchups because I know that the uh, that the Philip Rivers sometimes can falter. But when you've got uh, good matchups like you do this week, go for it. And you see, we got Glenn adding Pittman already just in the chat room here. Yeah, so. I wish you would send me the notes before Excellent the show work. so I could take him from Glenn. Excellent work. <laughs> I'm with I'm withholding my information from Jason so that those of you out there can benefit that are in, in leagues with us. Cheers. You're welcome, everybody. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Uh, and let's let's get a refill on that guy so we can move on to this crawler in a minute. But first, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Mr. Crab Legs. Uh, sure. Well, I just wanted to mention you brought up your rankings a couple times there. Go to our website, drink5.com. Check out Dave's rankings. They are also uh, he is also one of the many experts on fantasypros.com that are uh, combined into their expert consensus rankings. So on that site, you can see him versus other people, but only on our website on drink5.com can you see Dave's exclusive rankings. So make sure you go there, check out his rankings. As you said, they're updated throughout the week, and um, you can go all the way up until Sunday. I know every Sunday morning I'm looking at lineup questions. I'm placing a few wagers. Dave is just talking about rankings the whole time. Well, let me say that uh, I, I right now for the whole season, and you can go uh, search for expert accuracy at Fantasy Pros, uh, I'm number 53 out of like 160. And that's that's not great, but but it's it's up there. Now, last week I was number 11 uh, overall from all experts, and I was actually the number one expert in, in picking wide receivers uh, in week 10. So, you know, I, no one in their right mind uh, could possibly uh, pick – all of the categories of players because there's so so much luck here as well on a weekly basis but i do believe in fantasy pros and and going through and picking your favorite experts based on how their past performances are uh can really influence and help you on a, a weekly basis with your team because there is truth in seeing how well people have done over the years and guys like i'll just shout out some names sean corner from the Action Network. Sean Corner, yeah. John Paulson from 4 for 4, Pat Fitzmaurice. Uh, those guys are consistently uh, excellent experts, and I hope to join them one day. But uh, but for right now, I, I can occasionally get to those levels, and it's it's really cool, and I'm, and I'm proud to be able to you were, do it. You were at their level for last year's preseason rankings. Hopefully everybody followed Dave's preseason rankings this year. <laughs> I think they'll be equally high. Oh, well, thank you. Because, you know, we know a few people that draft off those rankings, and they have good teams this year. So that's a good good outcome. So on to uh, the man who likes to eat dubs, Jameis Winston, <laughs> QB of New Orleans. I'm not even going to try to do the eating a dub thing. That is just embarrassing. So last week, Drew Brees went down. He went down very hard. He uh, looked every bit his age when he was sacked on a play that fractured several ribs, collapsed his lung, lung, just one, not both, 
Um, so he's going to be out for at least a few weeks, possibly the rest of the season. That's my speculation here um, because of the fact that Drew Brees is, what, 42 or 41, and he just fractured some ribs and bung. Uh, he's probably just barely getting over that right now, not even talking about healing up and actually rehabbing. He's 41, and, and even if he was 31, uh, a collapsed lung and broken ribs, uh, not good. Yeah. And look at Tyrod Taylor. I don't even think he's active. Still. Well, he was, uh, that was a tough murder, the punctured lung. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say something like that out there on the web. So, uh, <sighs> that I, is take, salacious, I take that back. <laughs> You're going to get a sued. They're hey. going to take all of the not none money that we have. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we must now examine the interesting group that is the Saints quarterback room. Everybody knows about their favorite gadget player, the Saints favorite gadget player that is Taysom Hill. Um, Hill does not seem to be in line for a start, in my mind anyways, because last year when Drew Brees went down for five games, they did not start Taysom Hill. Um, They started Teddy Bridgewater, and Teddy Bridgewater did fine. And I expect the replacement this year to be Jameis Winston and not Taysom Hill. Jameis Winston is a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill is a great gadget player, but Jameis Winston is a better quarterback. But you may see him phase in more often than he did with Breeze, for example, because Sean Payton's going to be Taysom happy. Well, just last week, as I pointed <laughs> out in my column on Drink5.com, uh, Statistically Insignificant, out on Mondays, we're doing lots of good plugging this week, I think, Dave. There you go. Uh, I Taysom Hill and Elvin Kamara had the same number of carries. Hmm. And that was a recipe for a victory, I guess. But um, it's not generally going to be the case. However, Taysom Hill is going to see the ball a lot. uh, But he's not going to be the starting quarterback. That's going to be James Winston. He is going to help jumpstart their downfield passing game. The one thing that has been a knock against Drew Brees over the last few years almost, you're looking at a guy who can't throw the ball downfield. And James Winston can throw the ball to either team all the way down the field. No problem at all. So, sure, he's going to throw a few more interceptions, but he is going to get that yardage. He's going to be racking up the yardage. So the receivers on the Saints are going to be, once again, fantasy relevant. Um, Perhaps even a tight end in there. Uh, What I like to see, though, is give me one game where we're not going to start anybody yet, but we're going to see how it goes. I think that you're going to see a more conservative Jameis Winston than we saw last year, because Bruce Arians is generally speaking, a guy who wants to air the ball out. And Sean Payton is not that kind of coach. Not anymore. Maybe he was back in the day. So what you got are matchups against the Falcons this week, which is really good. So if you are in a pinch and need a quarterback, I like Jameis Winston in that spot. You've got him playing the Falcons again in two weeks. They play Denver in between that. So Jameis Winston has some great matchups coming up. If Drew Brees does happen to come back uh, week 14, week 15, then that's fine. You've gotten a lot of good usage, a lot of good matchups out of Jameis Winston. I got to stress, Taysom Hill still going to be just a gadget player. Um, So Falcons are giving up the most points to opposing quarterbacks. They play them in weeks 11 and 13. If you like to stream quarterbacks, if you're in a two-quarterback league, then you got to start Jameis Winston this week. Um, So the only thing that I would say is pay attention to the news because there's always the chance that any of us could be wrong. And there is a chance, I suppose, that they're going to go ahead and start Taysom Hill instead. I don't think they're going to do it, but there's always a chance. I think it would be the wrong move, but there's always a chance. Let me just uh, cover my ass, as they say. So, Dave, they're not going to start Taysom Hill, right? 
I don't know. <laughs> it would be a terrible move. So the other the the real question is, since Winston famously I, threw, I don't think so. threw thirty interceptions last year, he also did lead the league in passing yards. He threw thirty interceptions last year, though. Do you think that the sort of like heavy interception, like it's basically two per game? Do you think that that is the sort of thing that's going to continue, or do you think that they're going to be able to clean it up under Sean Payton? I don't think I agree with you about Winston, and I, I don't think that he's going to be a good quarterback uh, fantasy-wise. I think that Peyton, and this is a point that you were bringing up, is going to force him to, to not throw the ball past a certain point and simply uh, uh, go you know all Camara all the time. And uh, uh, I, I don't think you're going to see those down-the-field passes. I think they're going to just try. Really? They're going to try to just win games based on uh, based on the rushing. Based game. on how they're doing it right now. Yeah, uh, but I mean, you might be right, and so I do think your strategy of of kind of uh, wait and see for for a game is important. Uh, I certainly don't think that they're suddenly going to come out of the gate uh, with 40 attempts from Winston. You know. No, that's true, but I could see 30 easily. Well, we'll we'll see. Uh, but maybe uh, maybe Winston can't. It remains to be seen. Remains okay. to be seen. So we got another dolphin on our list here. He did have uh, uh, LASIK surgery, right? So. Oh, that's right. He got uh, surgery in the off season. Apparently, he fix said his eyes. He said that he couldn't see anything beyond like a certain point. Yet he was an NFL quarterback throwing for five thousand. He wasn't yards. wearing like contacts before or anything like that. Apparently not. Okay, well, you know. <laughs> Good for him for finally identifying the problem and fixing it. I guess that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Let's not let's not trash him. I guess. Well, it's one of those situations where like uh, uh, a person who, who's a famous singer uh, gets a, a tooth fixed, and because of the position of the tooth that is now correct, they can no longer sing. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I would I would love it if there was something like that that happened. So I'm always looking for these things. Uh, but yeah, I like his strategy of wait and see. Uh, so now uh, another dolphin. Whew. Two dolphins on this Ooh, list of eight that's a people. Strong one. Double IPA to Sonic. Uh, we have a we have a nine point two ABV on that and ninety five IBUs. Yes, sir. Oh boy. Um, we're we're looking at uh, that's good though. We're looking at Jakeem Grant or Hakeem Grant. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Why don't you look it up on YouTube for us? Oh, you know what? I'm sure it's already on this <laughs> little fancy page I got here. Let's hear what it is. Uh, you know what? It's not. They only do this for guys. With names like this. Noah Igbenogany. Oh, that's a horrible recording. Noah Igbenogany. They don't do it for Jakeem Grant, so we're just going to have to assume that it's Jakeem Grant. Okay. Well, wide receiver. He's on the Dolphins, right? Yeah, wide receiver for Miami. He's not on the Dolphins list. So let's talk about him quickly. Preston Williams suffered a knee injury in week nine against the Cardinals, and he was put on IR. And Williams wasn't providing these earth-shaking production numbers at the position, but he did score four touchdowns and has been an integral part of the Dolphins' passing attack throughout the season. With Tua uh, Tungavailoa, Taking over center, uh, over under center. The off. Oh, sorry, that the whole name just threw me, threw me way off. You, you need some help there, Dave. I've only said Tua Tungavailoa like three times this season, so I need some practice. <laughs> oh yeah, I need some help. Give me okay. Tua Tungavailoa. There we go. From so, the man himself. So Tua Tungavailoa taking over under center. 
Uh, maybe it's over under sender. That's the that's the problem for me. Okay. I'm just gonna keep talking about directions. Well, just tie your tongue up and then I'll take over. As we as we know about the uh, ascent of rookie quarterbacks from over the years, they can change the whole look of the offense. And Grant came in as a new cog in the offense and immediately caught four of five targets for 43 yards and a touchdown against the Chargers. The speedy wide receiver Grant ran a 4.38 40-yard dash and is exactly the kind of big play receiver that Tua needs to continue his march towards the playoffs this year. While the Dolphins did just sign former Browns wide receiver Antonio Callaway to the roster, he has yet to record any fantasy points this year for any team, and it wouldn't be a surprise for him to now be behind a Grant that is quickly building that chemistry with Tua. Uh, the Broncos matchup, which we talked a little bit about earlier, should result in plenty of targets and points to go around, I think. But what's your take on Grant? Does it seem like Grant, uh, it could be time for him to have a breakout? Or is he just one more component in the young offense uh, that will fizzle out over time? The, all these guys can't suddenly be superstars, right? But uh, it is a good recipe uh, based on the ingredients. So he's not my favorite wide receiver on the team. That is reserved for Devontae Parker. But he's the clear WR1 there right now, so... Grant, or you mean Parker? Yeah. Parker, yeah, clearly. Yeah. Um, look, Grant doesn't have a game where he's reached 50 yards yet this year, so I would like to see a, a bigger performance out of him. It seems like he may be a guy who is more of a possession uh, receiver, so um, what I really like out of Grant is his catch rate. His catch rate um, this year is 75.9%, and that's a decent sample size. 29 targets, 22 catches overall. Um, so you know that, and it's been 80% over the last two games with Tua, so you know that Tua can rely on him. Any sort of guy like that is going to be someone who a rookie quarterback is going to lean on. So I like Grant's production to stay the same or increase at least a little bit. Well, so I... I... I think that's a fine uh, reaction, but of course, uh, if, if there is a player who's about to break out, you can't wait until he breaks out to get him. Otherwise, you'll be unable to get him. So, Oh, uh, no, I expect somebody on the podcast listening right now to pick up Jakeem Grant before <laughs> I have a chance to go look through my teams and see if he's a worthy ad. Well, I think uh, we talk about this every week, but there should always be a spot on your team, and if you don't think there is, there probably is, uh, where uh, you can take a player and kind of rotate them in and out uh, grabbing a guy who might be good the next week. Because you don't have on your team right now, on any of your teams, I don't think, unless you're in an eight-team. You don't have 15 studs. Unless you're in an eight-team league, you don't have all guys that cannot be dropped. Right. You have someone on anybody's uh, uh, team that we are looking at that is playing in a reasonable fantasy league. You have someone on your team that can be swapped out or rotated. And what not, what you need right now is not consistency, generally. At the end of the season, you are either uh, uh, primed to, to do well or not. You need boom or bust players. You need upside players is the term that we're looking for in order to do well in the playoffs, well enough to make that money, well enough to, uh, to get that cash. Yeah. So uh, I mean, there, there, there are people on your team who you don't want to drop, but you should drop, and we will get to them <laughs> when we get to the Jay Cutler list. All right, we'll go ahead with the next guy. <laughs> Too bad he's not a Dolphin, but, you know. Oh, well, he used to be a Dolphin. <laughs> he did used to be a Dolphin. It's the all-Dolphin <laughs> podcast. It's all good. And after that, we'll go to Florida. We'll stay in Florida. <laughs> so, anyways, we've got Kalen Balaj, who was cut from the Jets in October, picked up by the Chargers like later that week, and signed to the practice squad. He is a running back for the Los Angeles Chargers. He has suddenly found himself with a lot to do over the last couple weeks. 
because the Chargers have a very depleted backfield. So in the last two games, he has 33 carries and nine targets. Week 10, just last week, he ran 22 pass routes and was in on 73% of the offensive snaps. So tons of usage, definitely the main guy, almost to workhorse levels. Um, so he's not terribly efficient, but he has 186 yards from scrimmage over the last two games. He has a touchdown during that time. It looks like he is going to be in line for the main role there as long as Justin Jackson remains out with injury. I believe he was put on IR just before last week's game. So that's two more games at least that he's going to be out. Austin Eckler is out as well. Um, so Josh Kelly doesn't seem to be in any danger of taking carries from anyone. I don't know if like someone would even let him carry the groceries in from the car because they might fumble them. <laughs> So, and we have Austin Eckler telling us that the time draws near, as if he and Frodo are approaching Mordor. So, we've got Troy Main Pope, who is the best bet to take any carries from Balage, but Pope missed the last game with concussion, which is why Balage was in the game so damn much. I think that because Balage was moderately effective, they're going to keep rolling with him, especially if Pope doesn't come back this week. The only thing I can tell you for sure, though, is that their backfield is a mess. So, uh, Balazs is an inter- interesting character here. Um, do you think that he's going to last a week or two like the rest of the guys on the Chargers, or that he perhaps could close out the season with them? So, first of all, I I want to put my bet in that it's Balage and not Balage. Uh, but what, this has just been a, a, a show of figuring out how people's names are pronounced, so, so I'm into, uh, I'm into the, the chase. Let's, let's see what it is. Okay, we'll find out. <laughs> um... um and, and to answer your question, um, I think Tremaine Pope is great, but he's not going to uh, be taking any major amount of carries as he is, is really just uh, sort of that smaller uh, back that has been a depth charge for that team. And like you said, he was injured. Uh, he came back, but I, I, I believe that he uh, hasn't had any uh, – he didn't have any carries even though he was active in the last game, if, if, I'm, uh, if I'm correct on that. So we've got Kalen Balaj. B-U-H-L-A-W-J. All right. Kalen Balage. Balage it up? Yes. Uh, I do like the idea... This is not Balage. I do like the idea of Balage uh, being the running back there because they couldn't figure anything else out, and nothing else has been working long-term. Sometimes you just have to keep going down the depth chart. And uh, what was that a famous quote that may or may not be true? Oh, we're only a few injuries away from a good team. Yeah, that's right. That may or may not have been said by Mike, uh, by not Mike Lombardi. Maybe it was Mike Lombardi and not Vince Lombardi. It was one of the Lombardis who yeah. may or may not have said it. Mike Lombardi, a GM currently. Vince Lombardi, the guy who the big trophy is named after. Cheers. We're we're just a few injuries away from having a good team. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, do you think that Austin Eckler is going to return this year? Well, he just. Made a big deal about it. Okay, do you think that Austin Eckler is the correct choice to carry the One Ring? I don't. I don't like. I don't. <laughs> I've reached my Lord of the Rings references uh, for for the evening. Uh, I think that if Eckler comes back, he will be carrying uh, the majority uh, of the time. Oh, absolutely. If but, he's back, he's the guy. But I don't know about a ring. I can only speak about footballs. All right, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, last guy I have on the list, and I think it's the last guy for the for the evening, um, is Keelan Cole, wide receiver for Jacksonville. And just a few years ago, I'm sure you remember this, Jason, Cole appeared to be the wide receiver to own for the future of the Jaguars' offense. Him I and, snagged him on all the dynasty teams, and he's no longer there. Him and Blake Bortles were good buddies. Yeah, and you, yeah. Pro- you probably were like, yes, I got Cole. It was fantastic. Right. I, I 
oh, <laughs> there's just something about me and the wide receivers for Jacksonville. Yeah, you love you know, them. We have a special connection. Uh, so I mean, he went back in 2017 for 748 yards and three touchdowns. So while that's not a huge amount of numbers, I think he came on strong towards the end of the year, uh, and him and Bortles had a really good chemistry. We haven't heard from him since then, really. We've been hearing about guys like DJ Chark, the newly drafted rookie LaVisca Chenault, uh, Chenault, speaking of, has admittedly had a good start to the season, but after Gardner Minshew was injured and benched in favor of Jake Luton, Chenault had less success and then was taken out of the game with a hamstring injury in Week 9. New quarterbacks, uh, as we mentioned earlier today, and uh, we mention every time we talk about quarterbacks uh, in general, often result in chemistry and connections with new wide receivers. And in this case, it looks like Keenan Cole is back uh, and... He was targeted seven times in last week's matchup against the Packers, came down with five receptions for 47 yards and a touchdown, which is way better than he's done in the recent past. And we'll see basically if Luton remains under center for the rest of the season. As long as he does, it looks like Chark and Cole are going to be the targets of choice. And we know that Jacksonville still has some sparks in them. Uh, They almost beat the Green Bay Packers. Uh, It was a really fun game to watch. And they are doing phenomenally well uh, with Minshew and then again with Luton, considering that... Uh, considering they lose so many games. They're, teams, they're a team that we <laughs> didn't think was very good. But whether or not you're good has everything to do with whether or not you win games. You're fantasy relevant if you score fantasy points. They are a very fantasy relevant team that is not a good team. I, I totally agree. And Keelan Cole... Um, who turns into Keenan Cole later on. Don't worry about that. We'll fix it in post. Why is that important? <laughs> it's just sticking out to me. Oh, I bet. Uh, he, he, as you say, is a guy who probably worked a little bit with the backup quarterbacks for a while and therefore has a better chance at having a connection with them when they finally come in. I was thinking of Deontay Harris on the Saints of possibly having the same sort of connection with Jameis Winston. So that's another thing to kind of keep an eye on. If he has a good game or at least gets targeted a bunch, he's going to be a guy you're going to want to pick up. Yeah. So I, I know you were a big supporter of Gardner Minshew, Jason. Oh, uh, yeah. Speaking of bad decisions, do you think we'll <laughs> do you think we'll see him again in the 2020 season, or should we get used to Jake as the man with the plan in Jacksonville to uh, to to go ahead and end out the season? I think that Minshew mania has at least one last gasp in it. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, well, before we move on to our last segment of the evening, which is the cut list, where we go over a couple players that uh, that I think, uh, personally, because I came up with this particular list, should be cut from your 10 or 12 uh, uh, team leagues, we have one question from Blue Crew uh, in the chat room on YouTube. And let me mention again that if you're listening um, uh, as a podcast on Stitcher or Apple um, uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify, please go ahead and subscribe. We appreciate that very much. Drink5.com is where we have all of our articles, uh, and you can reach out to Jason or myself at Jason at Drink5.com, Dave at Drink5.com, or at Drink5 on Twitter with lineup questions or just to say hi. Uh, Blue Crew says, I need your suggestions in half PPR. I need a wide receiver and flex from McKissick, Cup, Godwin, Higgins, and Claypool. And he's already starting okay. Thielen, Kamara, and Zeke. So, uh, assuming that we, we keep Zeke, Kamara, and Thielen in the lineup, which is, is most likely, uh, basically, which uh, which other two guys, wide receiver and flex, should be I mean, uh, in that lineup? I, can, can I... 
is it worth asking? Are we still starting Zeke Elliott? Well, uh, I, right. I, it's it's no longer like a given, right? He's playing the Vikings, and the Vikings against running backs um, are do, 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 moving down the list here. Nineteenth. So not good, not bad. They're kind of right in the middle. Um, they haven't given up a big game lately. Most of the big games they gave up were earlier in the season. So is Andy Dalton back this week? I saw they took him off of the IR. Yeah, I think I think he will be. Or the COVID list. I think he will be. But it's worth it's worth noting that uh, while Phelan and Kamara should be every week starts, Zeke is not currently a part of that list. Um, yeah. So... But, but, I mean, in this group listed, yeah, I, you're probably going to be starting Zeke over McKissick. Well, because if, if Zeke has to be in there as a, uh, as a running sure you back. you need two running backs, right. Yeah. So you got Thielen, uh, for sure. In this group, I like T. Higgins and Chase Claypool. I think that uh, Godwin is, uh, I mean, there, there's a lot of mouths to feed right now in Tampa. Right now, Tampa's playing on Monday night against the Rams. The Rams have a good secondary. They just held the Seahawks to 13 points last week. So, uh, 16 points. I I would prefer to roll with T. Higgins, who has a better matchup against the Bengals, and um, Chase Claypool, who is playing awesome this year. So I love Godwin. I think he'll continue to do well, especially because Antonio Brown is not exactly in the good graces of either the coach of the team or the NFL. Or his himself. homeowners association. Or anybody, really, except for Tom Brady, <laughs> who he nestles in his bosom every night. So I think that... He needs the biddy. I think that uh, Jason is spot on with Higgins and Claypool. If you're going by uh, rankings and, and not your gut, I think if I was going by gut, I would go with Godwin and Claypool. I would not play McKissick. I would not play Cooper Cup right now. And uh, I think Higgins, Claypool, and Godwin could be tossed into a hat. And I think your your best bet in half PPR is to go with the receivers that are getting a lot of targets. So so I like those guys. Uh, good luck. And consider not starting Zeke if you have any other options. But in this case, if it's Zeke or McKissick, I think Zeke is definitely getting the volume. Perhaps this week is the week where he scores a touchdown because he hasn't had one in the past couple weeks. Sure. Past few weeks, past three weeks, probably something like that. Probably. So uh, best like best of luck to you. Um, the cut list. Let's go over that. So uh, Jay cut list. So I'm gonna start with uh, uh, quarterbacks, and maybe uh, uh, you can give me your input as we go. So quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield. This will go quick. We've said it before, but for those who haven't listened, come on, man, Baker Mayfield. You're not starting him, right? You got, him. you got him on your team in a one quarterback league. Why? Caught him. Number two, Drew Brees. He's been decent this year. Obviously, he's out for a little bit of an extended time. He's searching for a second opinion right now. I get that. Um, maybe he's out for three weeks on IR or maybe even only two weeks and comes back. But even before that, uh, he's not a quarterback one, hasn't been a quarterback one this year. So if you're in a quarterback, uh, a one-quarterback league, there's no reason to hold on to Drew Brees. Um, uh, he hasn't even hit 25 points this year. You need a QB one to be scoring above that a few times. Yeah, well, and, and certainly in uh, superflex uh, leagues and and leagues that allow for more than one quarterback play, uh, there is a there is there's a, a little bit of a push. There's a place there. for him. Yes. Yeah. 
Blue Crew also says, is Hollywood Brown droppable at this point? Last week we said Marquise Brown is droppable. Still think he is. Uh, so I would totally pick up Lazard and drop Marquise Brown right now. Yeah, I don't know that Lazard will be uh, the start you want this week, but hold on to him because he's going to be phased into the off well, back he'll, end. He'll trend up as opposed to what's going on uh, over in Baltimore with the receiver. So. Uh, the Eagles and Browns are off the board according to the books. There must be some COVID testing going on. Okay, running back DJ Dallas. This is not a case of DJ and Mr. Hyde. It's just going to be Hyde uh, <laughs> at week 11. Seattle pulled up Alex Collins from his fantasy grave so that they didn't have to start DJ. So if you have him on your team and it's not a dynasty or a keeper league or you really like uh, uh, alliteration in running backs for Seattle, then get rid of DJ Dallas, move on, pick up somebody else. Jordan Wilkins. Did you pick up Wilkins because... Uh, Jonathan Taylor wasn't getting the touches. Well, it looks like this is going to be a carousel, just like we talked about all year. You don't start any of them, guys, because every time you start any of them, you're going to have the wrong one. <laughs> this is just like the Patriots. It's just like the Chargers. It's like all these teams. Why Why do you even play that game? Yeah. Go, go with some other team. Dump those guys. Trade those guys. Get whatever you can to not start those guys. Uh, Zach Moss, 19 touches in the last two games, trending down on by, on an offense that has all but given up on jump-starting the rushing game. It could turn around, but I doubt it. So are you saying that none of the running backs are worth? Because Devin Singletary has even fewer touches. This is my point. Okay. What, why go with these these teams that have the running back carousels? Uh, obviously, if there are no running backs available, you may have to start a Zach Moss. But if you already have two or three guys that are, are getting actual fantasy points, don't mess around with these guys. Put on someone bench. on your team who is trending up or could trend up, don't hope that somebody rebounds. That you know, that works way less way way less frequently. That's true. So wide receiver, John Brown, had a bad injury this past week. He was already not being started regularly. That does not a happy fantasy team manager make, yes? Indeed. My uh, second to last guy, uh, which Jason may disagree with based on his uh, his understanding of Jameis Winston and how that offense will be going forward, uh, is Emmanuel Sanders. And Sanders' targets, I think, will turn to dust like all the Avengers in the latest round of films. Now that Michael Thomas is back and Winston is at the helm, and Camara will be their only new anthem. All right. Do you have Sanders on your teams? I have Sanders on a dynasty team, and it's a deep league, so he stays. Sure, I'm not saying you have to get him, get rid of him on a, a team. No, no. Back. If I had him on a on a <laughs> short league, I probably would want to drop him. And uh, T. Y. Hilton again. We've said this before, so um, we may revisit some some guys as we move forward. When I looked at all of the players that were out there this particular week, I see a lot of new faces, uh, and that's part of the reason why we covered in in today's broadcast. All of those new guys that have been there uh, in, a, in a new position that have moved up the depth charts for whatever reason. And I think it's good that when we go over all, all these cut lists every week, um, I, I don't see a lot of names that are on my teams, and I hope that you don't either. It, well, <laughs> it's happened before where a couple of them come up. Um, so anyways, what you've got, uh, I, I mentioned the, the Browns-Eagles game came off the boards, which is usually an indication of some sort of fresh injury news. It appears that Jack Conklin, the te- offensive tackle, and their kicker, um, Cody Parkey, have both been placed on the COVID list in the last hour. Okay. So um, 
just a little something to keep an eye on. So one more last question before we cut out here tonight. Uh, Alexis wants to know, should they trade Claypool for Chris Godwin? It's interesting. It's interesting. I, I like, I kind of like that. So I personally think that, uh, that, that Godwin is a more, uh, he's is, a better receiver is a, is a more, I don't know about better. Claypool is a rookie. Godwin is a more entrenched, consistent uh, uh, position on on a team. He's better right now. He may not be better, you know, at the end of their careers, but I think you'll find that that uh, Godwin is going to be more consistent than Claypool over over the next couple of weeks. So perhaps what you're looking at is: Do you prefer uh, a boomer bust of a possible three touchdown performance by Claypool, where either side is framed by seven points? Or would you like to have 15 points a game? Right? Is that what Godwin is giving us? If I, that's what Godwin is giving us, then I suppose you, you have a, a strong case. But <laughs> I feel like uh, I feel like that is not what Godwin has been giving us lately. Um, because it's been 7.3, then 19, then 5.6, then 12. And if we're going to boomer bust Godwin and boomer bust Claypool, I'd rather have the guy on the undefeated team who is a new favorite target of the quarterback. So I think, personally, I would rather have Chase Claypool on the team. And well, I, well, the question is, should I trade Claypool for Godwin? Oh, I thought it was the other way around. So I suppose that's not what you want to do then. So I misunderstood your posit there in your response. I, I, I thought it was acquiring Claypool and giving up Godwin. Um, I, I would prefer to be the one who ends up with Claypool in this situation. So if you already have Claypool, I would hold Pat. He would hold Pat. Hold not, Pat. Stand not, Pat. Not stand Pat, but hold. Or hold fast. Yes. I will stand fast and hold <laughs> Pat. Well, we're getting to the end of this broadcast, obviously. Uh, and, and when I'm talking about Godwin, he had a finger injury that was uh, that was uh, prohibiting him, and now he's off the injury list entirely. Yes. So I'm more talking about his historical uh, features, if you look at last year, for example, than, than I am this year with an injury affecting him. Sure. But one thing, another thing to ma- uh, remember – Godwin has a bye week coming up still, so he's going to miss a game still. Um, okay. There's, there's only so many games left. I think I think we need to just tell Alexis that the answer is uh, don't trade Clay, Claypool for Chris Godwin because Claypool has uh, he's on a team currently that is a little bit less prone to emotional mood swings than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> is that fair? I like that. Okay. I'll drink to that. Well, cheers, Alexis. Good luck with Claypool. You'll know I'm no fan uh, of uh, <laughs> of Mapletron. I don't even know who that is. I'm, I'm not familiar with the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Uh, and the last uh, tight end on the cut list, the unfortunate thing about tight ends is that you have to start one. So we'll revisit this if we have time in future episodes or not uh, because people probably won't mind that much either way. Yeah, I think that um, you cut all but one of your tight ends is the way to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep one and start them, cut the rest. If you do find yourself with three tight ends, you're doing it wrong? I concur. Yeah. Give me a little volume there, Dave. Oh, that's a lot of volume. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Join us next week, Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, for a little turkey. A little pre-turkey. (laughs) 